Welcome to the Vault Studios NFL Podcast, an Australian twist on all things NFL. The boys are cracking into a nice cold beer from Burnley Brewing. Let's join them. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. J.A. here, and I'm joined by the great man after a few weeks off, the up-and-about Buck supporter, Richard Garraway. How are you, mate? <laughs> Hello, James. How are you? I'm very well. You must be pretty happy with yourself at the moment with uh, Tom Brady, TB12, walking in to Tampa Bay? Yeah, I, I really didn't know how to feel, I'll be honest. Um, obviously, like, he's ancient because he's older than I am, and I'm ancient. And I just kind of... I, I, I genuinely didn't know how to feel about it. The way I figure it is he can't be worse than Jameis Winston. No. So we have to get better, right? Well... I think certain things will get better. I don't. I think I discussed this a couple of weeks ago. I think the overall production of the offense will drop in terms of numbers, but I think it will become a better offense and a more consistent offense because you won't have the turnovers, you won't have the seven pick sixes and the thirty interceptions plus the 10, 10 fumbles. You know, it, it's you're going to have a lot more continuity. Your defense is going to be able to be off the field a lot more because Tom Brady control the clock. I think the running game will get better because of it and your short passing game, moving the chains, third down percentage, all that sort of stuff will improve. Yeah, so I figure, I believe we have to be genuinely better. And if you look, our defense last year, it actually finished the year um, pretty well. And I think overall, it was a better than average defense. But if you look at things like um, points against, things like that, they weren't too good. They were in bad field positions all the time because, as you mentioned, the amount of interceptions and fumbles, and that's just attributed to one person. And then you add all the normal fumbles and things that happen in a game anyway. Mm. Yeah, that, the Diva was really on a hiding to nothing, yet they still finished the year. If you look at most rankings and your DVOAs and all those sorts of things, they were pretty good. Yeah, they, they, were, we they, can, were, they were the number one rush defense in the league. Yeah, and obviously I think, you know, we've brought back the guys we had to. So, you know, I think if we can have a decent draft, add another piece or two, because I think the offense is looking all right, we should be better. Like, we genuinely should be better. I I feel like it's a – when you look at it on paper, if Brady is even last year's Brady, we should get the – should get to 10 wins. And they've brought back almost the entire team. So Shaquille Barrett's back, who was the, the big edge rusher. Jason Pierre-Paul, who had a really good year. And Indama Kinsu have all come back. So you add a little bit more talent. You've also got um, Levante David in the middle. Plus, is it White you guys got in the draft last year? I get confused with the one from Pittsburgh. Um, the uh, the, the yeah, second-year yeah, linebacker, who looked great last year as well. So... You know, you've got a pretty good front. I think your back end will get better. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's nothing but positive. I'm actually, I know we're very early, but I'm feeling pretty good about the Tampa Bay Bucks, I reckon. And I guess it gives you something to have some hope about and to enjoy. Well, it's better than going into last year. Yeah. Where I think in our preview, I said, well, all the pieces are there, but we just have no idea about the quarterback. Yeah. And as it turned out, you know, you can say, oh, look, he passed for 5,000 yards and had, you know, 30 touchdowns, but we had to just to half stay in games because of all these mistakes cost us so many points. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, we'll see what happens as it as it goes on. Let's uh, We've got a pretty 
pretty good show tonight. We did a big free agency special last week, so we're just going to clean up on a bit of the free agency, a couple of big, big names that went out there. What we'll do is we'll play a Burnley Brewing drop and we'll get straight into the news. The Vault Studio would like to thank our sponsor, Burnley Brewing, for providing the beer. Head down to 648 Bridge Road, Richmond for a delicious meal and fresh beer if you are ever in Melbourne. Thanks again to everyone at Burnley for their support. I really miss Jules talking over the drops. I think we need to get him back on just, just to talk over drops. Yeah, it's just not the same without Jules messing all the drops up. I just miss him. I miss his big thumb-like head. That's what I miss the most about him. <laughs> um, he's in quarantine. So I hope everyone out there is staying safe and doing the right thing. Stay Stay isolated. Um, let's not spread this thing any more than it's got to. And if you have fallen on tough times with, uh, you know, jobs and all that sort of stuff, thoughts are with everyone. I know it's a really rough time for a lot of people. So hopefully the community is all good and uh, we're going to bounce back here and the government do something and give everyone a bit of a chop out. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's talk football though. Let's start. Todd Gurley released by the Rams, not even two years into his extension. Um, he then goes off and signs with the Falcons. Were you surprised by this? I, I was a little bit surprised they released him. Um, yes and no. I think they probably know his injury better than anybody else because he's in their building. And I think his knee is totally shot. That's the feeling I get. Hence why he was let go so early. And they were prepared to take all that dead money. Yeah, because they're paying him about $7 million this year still. So he's only signed a $6 million deal with the Falcons, but it's still around the $11, $12 million mark. Um, I wasn't surprised that they did it like because it was such a bad contract. And then the injury is obviously a worry. Um, it does show they don't have any faith in him anymore. I was, But on the other hand, I was surprised reading it. And then when I thought about it, I was like, that doesn't surprise me. It's what NFL teams should do when they feel like their contract's that bad, just get out of it as early as you can and not don't try and write it out. Um, no, if you get it wrong, just you got it wrong, just yeah. it. Yeah, agreed. So I was surprised. And the Falcons, I really like this signing by the Falcons. They obviously got rid of Devonta Freeman um, during the week and then they've bought in, you know, they've, they've bought in Gurley as a replacement. I think he fits that scheme really well. Um, he's not going to be the one they rely on there as much. The rushing attack is, is very different. It's more of a one-cut sort of system, which was similar to where he was at the Rams, um, but a better offensive line, in my opinion. I think that offense is going to be is going to be pretty good, and he's going to be a good part of it. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a slight upgrade over Freeman. Obviously, he's younger. Um, yeah. But if the knee's no good, you know, $6 million, as far as Atlanta's concerned, yeah, I think that's worth a shot that yeah. his knee's okay. 100%. 100%. I don't think his knee is okay, but I think it's worth it. 100 And then if he does play really well, you could you could franchise tag him and keep him for another year if he's if he's healthy again. But I don't, yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards that the fact that his knee is not right because the Rams wouldn't just after the season he had a couple of years ago and then the way he started the year they made the Super Bowl like that first 10 games and then the injury took over no yeah. one would let that go after giving him the contract. So, And this is this is the exact reason why big why running backs don't get big contracts. It's Again, it's another another running back that short into their contract is now going to really hurt the team that signed them. Um, you know, I'm terrified this is going to happen with, with Ezekiel Elliott and we're going to have to wait and see what happens with it all. But this is why running backs, this is 100% why, why they don't get money and this is just going to be another precautionary tale when running backs are up for extensions now. Yep, uh, I... I've talked about it many, many times. Just uh, If I was a GM, I would never give 
a running back big money because the difference between an elite one and a very good one is so minimal. Yeah, 100%. 100% agree. Um, let's move on. The ex-Jets wide receiver Robbie Anderson joins the Panthers on a two-year, $20 million deal. A lot of guys thought he would be a, be a hot receiver in the market, but he's fallen to kind of the second tier. Still got reasonably good money. He's an absolute burner. Um, the only problem is the Panthers have got now Teddy Bridgewater, who doesn't ever throw the ball deep, and Anderson's shown really an inability to do anything other than go deep. Yeah, well, that's why he didn't get a big contract. He's a one-trick pony. Yeah, agreed. I, I was shocked by this signing. I know they've got DJ Moore um, and you know some other all right players there, but this guy just doesn't really seem to fit that system or the way that Teddy Bridgewater plays. He's not a deep ball thrower, and it's not like Robbie Anderson's the kind of receiver that'll take a short route and then use his athleticism to make big plays. He's more of a run downfield and throw it over the top of everyone when you get the chance. Yeah, and I think... It's, it's, it's always good to have a burner on your team. Like, you always want one. But if there's no actual threat of the quarterback throwing it to him, you don't really have to respect it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I tend to agree. I, look, adding talent's always good, but I don't know if this is a great fit. But in saying that, it's really only a one-year deal. It's only, like, $9 million guaranteed or something like that. So it's not a massive risk for them. Kind of high-risk, high-reward, low-risk, high-reward situation. So with the cap the way it is, it's probably not the worst deal for the Panthers, but we'll see how that goes. Let's get... And I would be just yeah? on that, just on the Panthers. Mm. Do you think they could still draft a quarterback? Because I do. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I think if the right guy was to fall to them or, or to be available for them, they could definitely do it. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be... I mean, they gave Teddy a good contract, um, but I would not be surprised if they drafted a quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, maybe like a Jake Fromm, sort of like second-tier rookie quarterback area, second, third rounder, that sort of deal, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, I personally probably wouldn't draft from anywhere unless I got him fourth round or later maybe, but, yeah. you know, I think you never know what might fall. There's a lot of talent in this draft. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm support- That's why wide receivers are barely getting any money it's because they know the re- the receiver talent in the draft. He's the deepest receiver talent I've ever seen. Yeah, it's huge, huge. Uh, all right, let's get over to Dallas, where the Cowboys signed Gerald McCoy, the D tackle, and Dontari Poe. Both played for Carolina last year. They also added Haha Clinton Dix at the back end at safety. Um, obviously, Clinton Dix played with. McCarthy in Green Bay, where he was pretty successful. Uh, he's had a couple of stints at Washington and at Chicago last year. Uh, we spoke about McCoy last week, but Dontari Poe adds that kind of massive nose tackle. Um, I think they're pretty good. They're pretty good additions for the Cowboys, who needed to fill those spots from a couple of guys they lost. They're veterans who will play their role. I don't think you're going to get particular outstanding production out of any three of those guys, yep. but they're going to be good. Yeah, that's which all. Which yeah. might just be enough. Yeah, and then you're also relying, you know, guys, they're all on, they're both on one-year deal. They're all on one-year deals, so, um, you know, I, I like when teams are on one, I like when guys are on one-year deals later in their career because they're hunting that last contract, uh, and that's what they're doing right now. So, it'll be an interesting one. Well, there's, but There's a lot of one-year deals because of the new CBA next year. That, yeah. That more than anything, I think, is controlling the number of one-year deals. So he's going to have a lot of guys, you know, really wanting to play well this season. Well, there'll be a lot. What I think is going to be really interesting next year, and it's obviously getting off off your cowboy topic a tiny bit, but mm. I think 
think the um the, the teams that work out the new CBA the fastest are really going to benefit from it. You you see it at the start of every CBA. A couple of teams will work it out really quick at how to structure deals in those first couple of years before everybody starts doing it and it becomes the norm. Um, you get those early ones right and you understand it the best first, you get some bargains and the way you structure really allows you to build from that. So it'll be really interesting to see that next year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the last one in, in Cowboy Land, uh, pretty gut-wrenching one for me, Travis Frederick, the all-pro center retiring from the NFL at only the age of 29. Um, you know, obviously a guy who's been one of the best centers in the league ever since entering in the league. They copped a lot of flack for drafting him. And I really remember these these couple of years when they took Tyrone Smith, um, Martin and Frederick. I think Frederick was in the middle of them and they kind of, everyone was giving them flack for taking a center in the first round. And then once they realized he was the the best center in the NFL, um, everyone kind of then turned around on him. And I think it kind of changed the way teams looked at the position in a way. I think him and Alex Mack were, were two big reasons why that position changed. But, you know, three-time All-Pro, every year in the league he's been a pro bowler. Um, and he said the writing on the wall was when he had uh, the disease last year and couldn't play. Um, I'm trying to get the name of the the, um, the, the, the disease he had, but, he, you know, he, he played with that disease, missed a whole season, and then was his first year back last year. Um, you know, that was kind of the beginning of the end for him because he just couldn't do it at the at the same level that he wanted to. The Gillian Barr syndrome, sorry. Yeah, and I think, look, he's a, he's a really good player. Unfortunately, he was in a time at Dallas without a lot of playoff success, um, which is unfortunate for him. But, you know, that's a big hole you now have to fill. Yeah, and they, they did re-sign Joe Looney before this announcement came out, which makes me think maybe that they knew that this was coming. And I'd hope Travis Frederick would have, you know, filled them in saying this is what I'm feeling and um, they would have had an, an inkling of it. Uh, Joe Looney started the entire season when Frederick was injured and did a good job. He didn't do a Travis Frederick job, but he did a good job. And um, I think he can do a solid job. But it, it, what it does, it leaves a massive hole in your offensive line in a position that was not only you know, one of the best in the league, but a real strength and a real strength over your entire offensive line. It's um, And we all know centers are super important to the offensive line and what they do in controlling, and he's been one of the best of them. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really, really weird not seeing him in the middle of that offensive line. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on out of Cowboy land. Let's move on to Melvin Gordon, who after performing the worst holdout in the history of holdouts, putting his tail through his legs, coming back, gets a two-year, $16 million deal to go and play in a committee again in Denver. Um, has there ever been someone who screwed themselves over more than a holdout, other than Levy and Bell, obviously? But since, you know, have you ever seen someone do make such a big mistake? Yeah, uh, look, you're catching me on the spot. I'd have to actually have a proper think about it. But I personally think a running back holding out is the dumbest thing you can do if you're a running back. Because you lose your money like, and there's not much there. So get it while you can. Exactly. You take what teams offer you. I think you know the smartest thing to do if you're a running back and you're a free agent is when you hit that market, teams will make you the offers. Just sign the biggest one. Yep. Like, 
that's that that's all you can do. If you want to try and play games and hold out and all the rest of it, the league doesn't care. Like when Bell held out, you know, the backup, he did fine. Yep. And the same um, for the Chargers. Yeah, like, who who ended up getting Eckler, who ended up getting the big deal. Exactly, and you just if you're a running back, you have to know what you're worth. The game has changed with pass interference and spreading out the ball and high percentage throws and all, all these other things, mm-hmm. you know, the game has completely changed. Yeah. And running backs are not important. I'm sorry. And but there's nothing against running not. backs. They're, they're talented and they're great athletes and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, I, this is what kind of shits me. You hear about people go, oh, you know, it sucks that running backs don't get money. No one's fucking preaching for fullbacks anymore. Where half the teams don't even have them on their roster. That's how dead fullbacks are in this league. Most of the time, your yep. third string or your second string tight end is your fullback when you really, or like your backup linebacker comes in and helps you out at fullback position. Like that's what that position is now. I remember when I first started watching the NFL, Lorenzo Neal, who was the fullback yep. for the San Diego Chargers in front of Ladanian Tomlinson, Tomlinson, was talked yes. about every time you talked about Ladanian Tomlinson. Lorenzo Neal was mentioned because he was the man because they ran so much eye. You just don't do it anymore and positions lose value. The value of running backs now is gone and then like the value of a slot receiver is huge now. Same with the value of a slot corner now beats out the value of these run run stuffing linebackers. Like it's where we are in the league now the way it develops and running backs just don't have as much value anymore and it sucks for them. It really does, but take your money, get what you can. Like Ezekiel Elliott should be sitting back right now, and he should be taking his agent out for dinner once a week for whatever he wants for what he got for him. Because I cannot believe yeah. it still. Yeah, but personally, I think it's a crazy contract that it will bite you at some point. And if it doesn't, wow, you it was luck, not yeah. good management. Because if you look at every running back, um, yeah, we've seen. You can go all the way back to, to, to Alexander at the Seahawks. Oh, yeah. When they when they start running out of petrol tickets, that's it. They're done. And and the ones that really um, really can't catch the ball, they're worth even less in today's game. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a different league now. Absolutely. All right, let's get last bit of news. Eagles acquired Darius Slay from the Lions for a third and a fifth rounder. They then signed him to a three-year, $50 million extension. This guy is a really good football player, and I can't believe they got him for a third and fifth rounder when you saw the start of last season, Jalen Ramsey, who's better than Darius Slay, not by a lot, but better, get two first rounders, and then you see Darius Slay go for a third and a fifth. It's amazing to see how some teams just don't understand the value or lose so much grip on their player that they have to just deal them off for nothing. It, it blows me away. It is amazing when you look at um, any time. You, you just can't compare deals. No. Like, you, you can look at um, like the receivers we've seen this year. The better receiver went for a song. Yeah, and then the numbers cost way more, and you just think, you know, how is this possible? But you just don't understand the dynamics sometimes that are going on in that club, in that room, 
where they're like, we just have to cut bait here. We can't deal with this dude. Or a coach is like, I can't deal with this person or whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, now all these rumors have come out. Well, not rumors. So Darius Slay came out, I think it was today, and said that the big the big problem he had was with Matt Patricia. Uh, there was an incident where he went and trained with some of the, like the elite corners in the NFL, went and had like a training session together. So Ramsey, Akeem Talib, Chris Harris, all those guys went together. Um, and Matt Patricia pulled him aside afterwards and told him, you know, a couple of days later and said, you know, you shouldn't even be training with those guys. You're not even on that level. Don't come in here thinking you're elite and all this sort of stuff, which is what you want to say to your best defensive player. And then there was another incident in a team meeting where he trained with a young wide receiver in the off season or, or, or just a, a personal training session with a receiver and did a picture with him and a post saying, man, this guy actually beat me a few times today. You know, how good is this? He's becoming rah, rah, rah. And in the middle of the team meeting, Matt Patricia called him out and told him he was weak and that you don't suck up to players. Like stop being weak. You, you're never going to be elite with that sort of attitude. Um, and there was, um, Darius Slay had to be restrained. And he said that was it. He lost from that moment on, he lost all respect for him and knew that he would never wanted to play with him. And it was only playing with him because he had to. So um, I feel like Matt Patricia's in, in trouble, though. I think if he doesn't yeah, get any I mean, success this year, he's done. Nah, he's... Who respect him anyway, fat slob? <laughs> I know you can't stand him. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's certainly low on my level of respect as well. Um, you know, I just don't think he was a good signing. I don't think he'll ever be that good a coach. And I think this will definitely be his last year. If I'm can, if, if i going to put money on any coach to be gone this year for sure, he's definitely up there. I would have got rid of him last year personally. Yeah. I, I, I think he's terrible at yeah. what he does. I agree. I agree. All right. That's it for all the news and signings. There's obviously been a lot of signings. I'm not going to go through all the basic, you know, tier three, tier four sort of signings. They were kind of the important ones, I thought. What we'll do, we'll play a quick drop and we'll get into a bit of an outlook on who's left in the market. If you want to help support the studio, please sign up to our Patreon. Head to www.patreon.com forward slash the vault studio and choose from a $1 or $5 a month sub. Also, check out our once-off $100 special where we will make a podcast on whatever you want. The power is yours. All right, so there are a few good players left on the market, to be honest, some some really good ones. Um, I want to start Jadavian Clowney, who I thought, you know, I still can't understand. He must be a bit of an issue because teams aren't jumping to sign him. Um, rumors are he wants the $20 million a year mark. I don't know if he'll get that. Also, rumors that Seattle offered him something around the $17 million a year mark for three or four years, and he turned it down. Do you think him waiting is going to be a good move by him, or do you think he's going to end up getting a lot less than what he thinks or having to sign like another one-year deal? I think he's probably going to get about the same. I think the offers he has aren't going away. You know, I think he's got to have a deal from the Seahawks sitting on the table. Um, and I'm sure there's probably a couple of others around. Look, I'd love to have him at Tampa. I mean, whatever he wants, I'd be happy to pay it. So, you know, I think overall he might end up about the same, but I don't think his offers are going away. So he's probably waiting to see if anything else is going to come out of the woodwork. Yeah. But I think he's probably going to end up back at Seattle. Yeah, I think he will too. I think it'll maybe a, a one-year deal. As I said, I'd love to have him in Dallas. It would, nothing would make me happier. But if he's wanting that $20 million a year mark, 
I just don't think teams are ready. He's had injury troubles. Like, his production is not on paper, not where people want it. I've obviously been a pretty, you know, high preacher for him and what, what he does in terms of, you know, changing the, the play and changing the game. Um, but his numbers aren't there and teams get stuck up on that. So I think he'll end up back in Seattle unless someone, you know, offers him a massive deal. But there's just not that many teams left with that sort of cap to do that sort of thing. So I think, I think, I think you're right. I think he's going to get that one-year deal somewhere, probably back in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I think he might get a multi-year deal. It's just not going to be for crazy money. Yeah. He's just, as you rightly point out, people just get stuck up or hung up on the stats. Yeah. Watch, watch the All-22. He changes the game. Yeah, I, mean, I tend to agree. I, I don't think Tampa's got $20 million worth of cap space, so we probably can't sign him. But, you know, I'd be saying, hey, what's his next highest offer? We'll match that. Yeah. Yeah, you well, know? the Cowboys just lost a center who was getting paid a fair bit of money. Maybe they can uh, put that cap towards it. I'd love it next to Demarcus Lawrence. It'd be pretty nice. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, next, I think if it doesn't, sorry? If it, just on that, yeah. if a player retires, doesn't the cap number still count? Nah, nah, you get cap relief. You get a bit of relief, but it doesn't clear off totally. I don't think so. I don't, uh, I'm nah, not really sure. It's something sure, I've never actually that looked was an into. Old trick. That was an old trick they used to do. Yeah, because guys are big yeah. deals. Then have him retire and all the number would come off. Yeah. But now it, it's got a escalator, I think. Yeah, I think it, like you get like an initial cap relief, but I think if he then comes back, there's something like there's oh, I don't know who knows. Um, oh, there's something I haven't looked into. I'll actually I, I'm I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna have a look into that because I'm I'm curious. Uh, the next guy I wanted to discuss, Everson Griffin, who's had a really good career in Minnesota. Um, he didn't pick up his player option to stay there. Still on the open market. You reckon this guy's gonna be kind of that tier? two group of signings where we're in now where someone gets a really good deal for a guy, like a one-year deal, like similar to Robert Quinn last year for the Cowboys, you know, a guy playing on that one-year deal that really needs to have one more big year to get the big money. Um, Because I can't see him back in Minnesota, but I just, I'm surprised he's still on the market. He's a very productive defensive end. Yeah, when you don't pick up your player option, you're almost never going back. Yeah. Um. Because they're going to say, well, you you turned your nose up at our offer, so you can come back for less. Yeah, for <laughs> like, half of it. You know, so I don't think he's going back to Minnesota. But, yeah, I kind of agree. He's he's productive. He's a good player. Um, I don't know. A, a team's a bit gun-shy. I'm not really sure. Well, I would have um, given him Robert Quinn's contract that the Bears gave Robert Quinn. Like... Yeah, I, I can't agree. believe I, that. that Seventy that. million. Like I would have given that to Everson Grissom, who one plays in the Bears division, so you know he's good. Um, yeah, I, it blows my mind the money that some like Fowler got fourteen million a year or something like that. I'd prefer Everson Grissom, Griffin over him. I know he's older, but I reckon he's got a couple of good years left in him. Like I said again, I like to compare if I'd be happy if my team signed them. That's one thing I like to do. And if the Cowboys, if I rolled over out of bed in the morning and saw Everson Griffin signs one-year deal with the Cowboys, I would be wrapped. I think it would be a great move. Yeah, and, and the best thing about one-year deals is you do your budget. Because the um, because the rookies are fixed now... Yeah, the money doesn't you matter. You do your budget. No, you just do your budget on your picks. You know how much you need left over for the draft. Yep. One-year deal, you can throw it at some guy. You leave a bit of space for undrafted free agents, and yep. away you go. Yeah, I, I, the way, yeah, the the way teams can manage their one-year deals now, if a player's happy to take it, is awesome because it's literally it's it's a free shot at a guy because you've got no commitment now. The only bad part of that is if he has an awesome year. For example, I bet, I bet the Cowboys wish they'd signed Robert Quinn to a two-year deal and they had him again at low money. 
Um, yeah. But then you probably get holdouts and whatnot. But these are these one-year deals motivate players, and it tends to work out most of the time the player has a good season and then gets paid somewhere else the next year or earns a contract for that team, whatever you want to look at it. But um, these one-year deals, if a player is productive, they, it can really pay off for them, um, which makes yeah. sense to say. And if they, have, if they have a bad camp or you decide you don't want them, if you can get them off the rock, roster before that day one, yep. you know, that, that final roster, mm-hmm. as long as you haven't guaranteed the cash, yep. you get huge ta- um, cap relief of it too. 100%. So it, it's got some advantages. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Cam Newton, Carolina. He's still on the roster. They're saying they want to trade him. Um, they did no, trade. Didn't they cut him? Oh, did he get cut? Did I, did, I, did, I think, did I miss it? Double check. I think he got cut this morning. Oh, I'm so happy if he did. Uh, <laughs> Cam Newton. I think he's cut. No, he's still on the roster. Oh, I thought they released him this morning. Will the I'm Panthers sure regret they, releasing? No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. You're right. He's been released. He's been released. Yep. Sorry, I'm I completely missed that. Okay, so he's now released. He's off the Panthers. Panthers also traded away Kyle Allen, which was their other their quarterback last year. So I was a bit surprised there as well. But Cam Newton, where's this? Where's his landing spot? Like, I'm really confused where he fits. The like, LA, the LA Chargers. You think that's where he ends up? If I was them, why would? Well, you sign him. They've got good players around What's the him. Risk? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think who like, else would really the quarterback situation in the league, other than New England, who who knows what they're doing, um, and and to Chargers, everyone well, else I, is kind of in. They're kind of either dedicated to someone already or have made their moves. Yeah, that they either think they're set or they are set. Yeah, and, and whether they think they are or they're not doesn't matter because if they think they're set, they're set. That's the end of it. Yeah. So. I think the most logical landing spot is the Chargers. I wouldn't care if I'd give a Mariota money. Big freaking deal. I'd bring in Cam Newton, see how the injury is, you don't, and, and let them both you don't reckon, it out. Uh, Go for it. Do you reckon the Patriots would take that chance? It's not a very Patriots move, but do you reckon that's something they'd look at? If they could get him for the right price, I think they would. I heard, um, and I know we're going to talk about Jameis in a minute, Yeah. yeah. but I heard... I heard one of the um, I heard one of the expert patriot writers or who who are there all the time mm. say um, that um, the, the New England coaching staff or Bill Belichick would cause a five car pileup to keep Jameis Winston out of Foxborough, which I thought was hilarious. Like literally, that was said in a meeting. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think Winston goes to. I just. I'd love to see it, but I don't think he goes to to um, New England. I don't think either of these guys do. No, I don't think they do either. But if one of them was, Cam Newton would be streets ahead of Winston of who they would take. I know it's bizarre. We're already talking Winston as well. who's still on the market too. But like, it's bizarre. I thought Winston would have been a lot hotter of a commodity. And if he if he's in free agent market any other year, really. He's good, and then you think, all right, the, the tier ones have all gone through. Winston signings coming, and then Cam Newton gets released and just jumps him. It's like, it's it's a weird free agency this year with the quarterbacks, and I've never seen anything like it. But the fact that a guy who well, threw for the first time, yeah, I was gonna say the first time ever, quarterback supply is now bigger than the demand. Hundred percent, because teams feel they're in a good position. Insanely rare, insanely yeah. rare. Yeah, it, I, I've, I remember going into years where teams... We haven't even hit the draft yet. And you could almost argue, like, 
obviously Miami need a quarterback, but I don't. They're going to go draft. Um, Look, you know, and that's the thing. Cincinnati need a quarterback. They're going draft. You know, like we know, you know the teams who are going draft because they haven't picked up any of these guys. Could Jameis like but, keep in mind Jay Gruden's in um, Jacksonville now? Could he like argue for a guy like Winston? Do you think or? Could Winston end up in Cincinnati on a one-year deal? Basically, like, you're going to be in front of Joe Burrows for now, or is that just putting the wrong person in front of him? Like, I don't know. I'm really well, confused. They could, they're too different. And that's the other thing. You can't have two quarterbacks in your building. For, oh, sorry, you can. But personally, I believe you can't have two quarterbacks in your building who are completely different. Yeah. Because you build your offense around your quarterback. If your quarterback goes down, the backup has to be able to do what the starter can do. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got to start again, and your season's shot. That's why Cam know? Newton in charges is so perfect, because the backup's Tyrod Taylor, who's like a poor man's exactly. Cam Newton. So Yeah, I mean, Tyrod's bounced around the league now. The thing about Tyrod is he'll keep you in games because he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes because he never takes chances. Yeah, he's solid as a rock. He's a great like, that's backup. That's the thing with Philip Rivers. Yeah, like people say, oh, Phil Rivers, he makes lots of mistakes. And he, oh, and he always he throws picks when they're they're down and it's crunch time. That's because they're always down. Yeah. It's always crunch time for them. Yeah. Like, I actually think, I think he'll be really good behind a, a much better O-line in Indy. So it, it'll be interesting to see, but the Chargers need something. They, they need a spark or something. Yeah, like, Newton could be that guy. something here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's going to be interesting to say Cam Newton and James Winston and Clowney are kind of the three on my list right now that I'm really I'm looking at the phone every time I see an NFL update. I'm like, oh, is that them? Um, but haven't seen it yet. So it'll be interesting to see that. I think these guys will get. I think Cam Newton will be decided pretty quickly, and I think I think Chargers is it for me. Then they can draft a quarterback later if they need to. But I don't think they're in the running for Tua or for or definitely not Burrows. I don't, I don't think they. I don't think Tua gets past four or five anyway. So. Um, yeah, I think they're no, going to no sign way. Newton and then maybe take a guy later. Yeah. I think you'll see Jameis Winston without a job all the way up until training camp. Oh, yeah. Uh, and someone will bring him in the backup. Well, someone who maybe misses the quarterback they needed in the draft. You know? Maybe... Yeah, he won't be... I, he, I do not think he'll be signed before the draft. I'm just trying to look at the draft order. So you got Bengals, Washington, Detroit, New York. Like maybe someone jumps the Dolphins or something and they don't get tour at five. Like maybe Detroit trade out or Washington trade out. Like I think Washington would be mad to trade out because they should be taking Chase Young. That's the, what they need to do. But maybe Detroit trade back and Great. let and let someone jump in and take um tour and, and take tour and then the Dolphins are left with either Justin Herbert or. And they go, well, maybe, you know, we didn't get the guy we wanted. Let's bring in Winston for a year and then reload next year with the quarterbacks in that draft. Yeah, I think if you miss out on, like, it's always in tiers. I think you sort of got to bracket them together in tiers. After those first three, I think there's a bit of a drop away. Yeah. You know, it's always to the point where if you're the Dolphins and you got jumped, you may as well trade out at that point. Yeah, like if, 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 if you don't get Tua or back. Herbert, move, move out and then... You know, bottom out again. Yeah, because I think I think the number one pick is done. Yeah, Burrow's number one, and I think I think someone jumps up for Tua. I don't think Tua gets out of the top five. He, Miami definitely take him at five, 
but I would not be shocked if someone gets into that. That Detroit, plus Washington, you know Washington are bound to make a dumb decision at some point and trade it back for nothing and let someone jump in, but... You know, there's a chance. You know, Carolina at seven, they've got a chance to jump in there. I, well, why wouldn't they just take Tua? Well, they've, it depends what they feel about Haskins. You know what I mean? Like Haskins was a first-round pick last year. I'd rather year. have both and find out which one's better. Yeah, well, or they might do what the Cardinals did last year with Murray. Yeah, they, they, they draft Murray and then, and then trade off Rosen, um, who's now not on a roster. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. It's going to be a, an interesting few weeks, but... All right, well, we had to do a bit of an abrupt end. Richie's line dropped out. Um, we had a bit of trouble with it. So, all good. Thanks, Richie, for jumping on and doing the podcast, mate. I know you'll listen to this, so you'll hear this now. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, look, the main thing we say, everyone, keep safe. Do the right thing. Isolate yourselves if you're feeling sick. But, yeah, look, make sure everyone looks after themselves and, and keep focused on the NFL. You know, Get yourself maddened if you're sitting at home doing nothing. If you have you've been made redundant and all that sort of stuff, um, hopefully things start to turn around for everybody and um, this world can start getting a bit more back to normal. But it's a, a pretty distressing time at the moment. So um, the Vault Studio is thinking with everyone. Um, we've got lots of free jobs going out there. So if you've got some free time at home and want to help out, feel free to hit us up um, to come and help out with the studio. But that's it for me, guys. You'll hear us next week. Um, as Jules would say, see you next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning into the Vault Studio. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to keep up with our video content, head over to YouTube, subscribe, and click the notification bell. Thanks for listening. Yeah.